Welcome to WebRush, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Well, hello and welcome back to WebRush. This is Craig Shoemaker, and I'm joined by the ever-present, ever-funny, ever-red glasses, the Ward Bell. Ward, how are you doing today? Well, uh, that's an unusual intro. I am doing great. I'm really excited uh, to see our guest today. And, uh, you know, we actually had a show. It's It's about latest in Angular, and we did a show about this from the perspective of attendees of ng-conf just a couple of weeks ago. Now we're getting closer to, and I don't know if this is the right expression, I don't even know where it comes from, the horse's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, that makes me always me think of Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed, uh, peanut butter on the teeth. Oh, man. Uh, Emma, do you... Uh, I'm already talking to our guest before we introduced her. But d- d- is <laughs> Mr. Ed mean anything to you? Yes, I know the rap. No, I'm going to own that and say, I mean, I, I've heard it. It's been said in my presence, but no. All right. Well, we're going to have to put a video uh, in the show notes for Mr. Ed so everybody can can know that. <laughs> so You'll know what that means when you see it. <laughs> Well, in case anyone's not familiar with Emma, our guest today is the one and only Emma Tversky, who's a developer relations engineer at Google, focusing on Angular and open source. She's passionate about helping developers make the web more accessible, usable, and beautiful. Emma, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, I will be Googling what Mr. Ed is next. uh... Basically a talking horse, so not much different from uh, Ward and I here. Uh, Yes, I'm the talking horse on this show. I don't know what it was. It was so damn wholesome. That's what I remember. It was a fan. It was a show everybody could watch. You could never get that on TV. I can't even remember what the scenarios were and what, what, what you know, Ed was this horse that would deliver wisdom. Um, but I cannot remember why, what the scenarios were. All I can remember is this very um, kind of Captain Kangaroo kind of, or Mr. Rogers kind of guy, leaning over the fence, talking to Mr. Ed, and Mr. Ed would, you know, they made the horse's lips move, and, uh, and you know, whatever. Sorry. Let's get into the show. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of... Nope, there's no transition from that. So let's talk about some Angular. Emma, what's, what's been on your mind? What, what, as far as new features and new stuff that's coming out, what have you been spending your time working on? Uh, what have I been spending my time working on? Well, it depends when this comes out, which I already asked you uh, beforehand. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Angular is open source, right? Like, that's my bio. So there's, there's no secret. Um, there's plenty of Twitter... X, whatever you call it, accounts that you can follow to know what what are coming out um, before we can even announce it or bef- before I even know about it. But uh, version 17 is the, the TLDR, right? Uh, semantic versioning. So round 16, what's to look forward to? Version 17. 
Now, what is version 17? Uh, a larger question that uh, we are figuring out right now. Well, one reason we all have insights into all of this is that Angular is pretty much, uh, de- is really developed in the open. There's lots of public RFCs. You know, there's not a lot of mystery about what what the ideas are. And there's a lot of community involvement in getting um, uh, stuff in. And I think that may be like other frameworks too, but it's certainly been true of Angular since day one. So it's one of those things that those of us who use it really appreciate. Yeah, you know, when I joined the team, which was exactly three years ago, um, which time flies, uh, RFCs, I don't think we had published an RFC yet. And so one of the first things that was one of my projects in DevRel was like establishing an RFC process. So behind the scenes, right, like we take that, the thing that the public sees and we go through a lot of steps. and it was like during this period of time where Angular was really focused on transparency of like every developer has seen a design doc come through your email. And like, there's many phases of that design doc. There's like, Hey, I want to do this thing. And there's like, Hey, this is the polished thing. We want feedback on it. And at different points, there's different, there's different value in giving feedback, right? Like I have an idea has different feedback than like, here's the word I'm going to use to define this property, which is what people really love to get feedback on is what the RFC <laughs> process has taught us. Um, <laughs> bike shedding. Yes. People love to bike shed. Um, can we bike? Maybe. Can we bike shed? Yes. Uh, no, but um, yeah. And so, it, I mean, that is, you know, if you talk about what to be excited about in future versions, you can really look at the RFCs and see like where we're headed. Or I don't think they've closed it yet. They probably will by the time you're listening to this. But we're coming up on closing the two RFCs that are open right now on control flow and uh, like defer content blocks, essentially. Um, And the outcome of one of those, spoiler alert, is like, hey, we need to go think more about this. Um, So I think people have gotten used to like, we're excited for version 17. And I think a lot of people in the community may from ng-conf or from different places think that those RFCs will be in that version. Um, and spoiler alert, like they probably won't because we have some more thinking to do because the RFCs led to really good discussion on like, Hey, we need to go back to the drawing board and assess this a little more. Um, and that's the first time that's happened in the three years of us developing this RFC process, but it means we're doing the right thing, right? It means we like got to the point where like we're getting valuable enough feedback. So yeah, if the question is what to be excited about, the answer is community, I guess. Well, I think, I think that is, I mean, you know, there's been a push also since you about, you know, starting around about the time you join to really focus on developer ergonomics and, 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 and how to learn, making it easier to use and to learn. And um, that wasn't one of the founding inspirations, if I may say so, as an outsider looking in. Uh, uh, you know, it was always it was about being powerful uh, and capable and integrated and, you know, a sort of theoretically sensible but I, I felt like, I think many of us out here, I felt like the premium was not on how easy is this to learn, how easy is this to use. It was more about let's make it right in some abstract sense. Um, 
So my sense is that in your time here, uh, there's a way, you know, there's been a focus, of, let's make it right, let's make it powerful, but let's make it, you know, fit the need of somebody trying, you know, trying to learn it and use it, which is something I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am hopeful version 17 will include my largest project, which is the, the only non-open source part of Angular right now. Um, because we're actually trying to keep something a secret for once. But uh, we have spent, what? I know, right? Um, just as I go on this long thing about how great RFCs and public feedback and <laughs> like join the community, but also we are keeping secrets. Um, oh, come on, you can tell us. We won't tell anybody. Nobody's listening, I assure you. This, There's this nobody isn't here. recorded. It's um, not that. It's that nobody yeah. comes to our podcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but but we have spent a lot of time working with like um, it's this is such a like corporate answer, but like we have all these parts of Google that we like Angular has like been so engineering driven for so long that like we finally took a step back and have been doing like you know one of the most common questions we get from these RFCs or from these conference talks is like where where is Angular in five years? Like where are you headed? What are these like missions you're driving towards? And you've seen the same theme sort of start to be repeated of like our team is focused on developer experience and performance and everything that you see us release small feature and large for the most part can be put in one of those or both buckets. A learning journey is like a huge one of that, right? Like where you were talking about like, let's improve learning. Cause you're right. Like maybe that wasn't the initial focus of uh, the framework, however long ago. Um, and all of this is to say like you, you see these things sort of, become themes of like we've we have defined these themes and we are moving ahead with that and that really represents like an evolution or when Sarah Drasner tweets she talk, calls it like a renaissance or Minko usually uses the word like momentum and there's like this sort of like building energy to be more clearly directed to that being our vision of like developer experience and performance and so i think we have a lot of work that we've done behind the scenes that we're excited to hopefully release that like sort of starts that like next wave of renaissance or momentum, not an angular three, not like a, we're not going to like reinvent anything. <laughs> Move your like, entire cheese. <laughs> we're not going to have a Halloween event. Angular's dead. Welcome. <laughs> real. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could, but uh, please don't. Um, yeah. But I think if you like, we're around for like early innovation of Angular and then you closed your eyes and you like opened your eyes and it's 2023 and you have the Angular of today, like a lot has changed. And I think it's worth sort of like, I think we've like done that slowly and iteratively and with semantic versioning, but I think we're also ready to sort of like open our eyes and be a little bit newer. So John, one of the things I like about AG Grid, which is a, a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps. One of the things I really like about it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or, or just vanilla JS. Does that ring a bell for you? Oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools because they have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them. 
Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally, we're a consulting company, and you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue, but they're all going to need a grid, and it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid. You know, at, at any size company, too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice. So if a multi-framework data grid makes sense to you, please go check out AG Grid at ag-grid.com. Uh, in, in terms of community, Angular kind of operates in a space that few open source projects get to to exist in with the amount of attention you have on you, the the volume and the scale that you operate at. And I'm curious, when, when, you're, when you're running these programs in order to get feedback, at what point does it almost feel like maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen or you have too many dissenting views? Like, how do you bring that together and then finally decide, okay, well, we're going to go this way, even though maybe there's a loud ma- uh, minority saying they don't like something else? Yeah. The interesting thing is, and, and I think it took me like a year to learn this being on the team, but like our team are framework developers. They're not front-end developers. I mean... They, they might be in their free time, but like our job is framework developers. So the point of the community is they're the users, like they're the front end developers, like they know best, right? I, I run our GDE program, which is Google developer experts, which represent like uh, a large influencers or like uh, community leaders that use Angular who are developers, who are architects, who are using Angular because our team doesn't, right? And so all it, I, I don't think it's ever too many cooks in the kitchen. It's just making sure you have the right mix of like sous chefs and line cooks and all of that, right? Like a, a big thing we did with signals that was sort of a first push was like, okay, we have framework developers. We have like our team and we have these end users who write with Angular, but we don't have a group of library authors. So, so like RxJS, NGRX, all of these state management libraries are like major consumers of Angular, but they're they're their own type of cook. They're like people who write packages and maintain projects based on Angular that add functionality or state management in this case. And so we like spun up an entire working group where like every other week, like we meet with them because they're a different type of view. So I think it's it's less like there's too many voices here and more like let's make sure the voices are represented. A really good one that you just touched on is like, okay, learning journey. Like it, it keeps coming up in the Angular dialogue because we fully recognize we can do a lot to make the learning journey better. I I think Angular like correctly and incorrectly gets the rep of being hard to learn. But I think it's also like you very infrequently get to like interact and like test your stuff with a developer who's truly learning Angular for the first time. Because that only happens once, right? And so it's really hard. Like our RFCs very rarely reach those people or those people very rarely organically give feedback on that because by the time you're in GitHub, by the time you're in the discussion tab, like it's hard to reach. So that's where like our team has done a better job in the last like year of starting to do um, like UX studies because the UX researchers know how to find new developers or like bootcamp graduates or people, but like going on GitHub, like that's not, I love GitHub, but like you're already not going to find the new developers. That contingent of people won't be looking there basically. 
No. Yeah, I see the. I I really see the problem, and because he, and even if you go to GitHub uh, uh, boot camps, you're getting people who have never really programmed before. So you can say, okay, I want to, I want that audience to learn, but there's a, another learning audience, which are people who are already um, working, hired, experienced developers who just don't happen to know Angular, and they have a different learning path than somebody who's just like, what is, you know, how do I even start? Uh, so that I can see that's a real challenge and, and to find the, those audiences, which are different and, and to decide what you who you want to appeal to, like, even internally in Google. Right. Like um, there's always somebody who's new to Angular. But when you come to Google, you already know what you're doing, more or less. But you may not know anything about Angular. And so how do those people get trained? Yeah. Something we've talked about that I like the idea of and I'll say it here because I don't know if it'll ever happen. But like we. Like we definitely we already launched one new tutorial in version sixteen um, of like a new way to get started, and we have looked at a lot of our tutorials, and we have more coming there. But like something that got floated recently to me was like writing tutorials for specifically like coming back to Angular, or like the React developer learning Angular. And I think there's like I I don't know if that's something we will do in the next twelve months because I. It's a really great idea, but it, I think it's a really cool idea of a project is like, like coming from X to Y. Yeah. Every time I've learned a new framework, I've been struck by the fact that each framework kind of in, informs a different way of making decisions, a different way of solving problems. And so if you have the ability to say, okay, you're used to solving problems this way, but then we'll translate it to basically the angular way, then I could see that being really compelling for people. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, well, coming back to anything. Yeah. That is kind of the way we started out. I mean, one of the reasons that John and Dan, and the workshop people confront this, this audience, right? Because you, you know, some business is sending and paying for people to come to a workshop um, to learn Angular. And so they're not sending anybody who's fresh off the boat. They're sending people who, who have some, who come from some other place. And in the communities that John and Dan and I come from, that's often in a .NET world. So a lot of that early uh, tutorial uh, stuff that y- you see presently comes from uh, us um, talking to people who were who were .NETers and discovering Angular. But that's obviously not the only way. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, .NET is like the largest. I I know nothing about .NET, but I speak to a lot of people who say I use Angular because of .NET. And it, that just goes to show. It's just, yeah, if if you go back to getting all of the like right input, it's really hard because you, you have to balance people who come from .NET, who come from like people's decisions and feedback is deeply influenced by the community they come from. Which is like an interesting thing to look at. So, so uh, going back to something you said earlier, there, there, there are two RFCs that are out there, and uh, the one that I actually know what you mentioned there were control flow, and then there was what was the other one? Uh, deferred loading, which is part of control flow. Uh, I found a sense said something about comment. I missed it. Um, so uh, those were floated out there. Got some feedback. Some from me. Um, but I won't, I, you know, I'm kind of curious what, so maybe we should, what we should do start with is sort of, um, give your, uh, your 
elevator pitch on control flow. What's that one about? On our roadmap, we vaguely say, and I just rewrote the roadmap, and so it'll say something different, but we we vaguely say we want to change the authoring experience of Angular. And before people freak out and like run and tweet that that's terrible, there's two parts of an Angular like application, right? You write your component. So anything in the component class, logic, business logic, all that jazz. And then there's the HTML. And within your actual, like within your template or your HTML, um, you can use ng-if and you can iterate through and you can create multiple components. And there's all of this powerful stuff that like Angular as a rendering engine is helping you do, uh, like the Angular part of your template along with your HTML. Um, and a lot of that in like way under the hood is built on essentially like zones, like zone.js and this package that like this whole idea of signals is sort of to make zoneless a possible world where we change the change detection strategy and we make Angular a more performant system by removing this dependency on this package of zone.js for your change detection. And so signals is an RFC and a concept that probably most listeners are uh, like uh, have some experience or have heard mentioned before. And if not, definitely worth going and exploring. Um, but in order to deliver signals in the framework under the hood, we also need to update some of the way that we do template logic and template authoring. Um, and control flow is just a way to sort of bring ng-if into like a signal world so that we can render your templates and do that same magic, but with signals. So a lot of people in the feedback, again, bike shedding on syntax is like really fun, but um, it's just another way to author them. I, it doesn't bring a ton of new functionality out of the box. We have, it's very extendable to additional things that we can do with it because of the way it's written a little bit smarter for this new zoneless potential angular world with signals. But at the end of the day, it's like your NGFs and your NG4 is just written in a new syntax. But as I recall, um, that syntax works perfectly well if you're writing a you know a, an old style component, not not signals based. Um, so it's really a uh, yeah, it's a new syntax for um, expressing your relationship, your logic, and your relationship uh, between the template and the class that's driving it, or whatever yeah. is the component class. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think one of the things that gets skipped over a little bit in reading it is every single, and again, like we have this larger plan of maybe iteratively updating how you author your class and your template. But the cool thing is for the most part, it's like, we will be able to migrate you. Like it is fully automated. I know sometimes our migrations don't do everything for you, but because templates are so like syntactically similar and we know exactly what you wrote because ngf only works if you wrote it this way we can actually migrate you so yeah so that'll be great that'll be great if that if if um if you say yeah yeah i want to have that happen are you building a web application need to deliver it soon and don't have the people to do it maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it and maybe we can help i'm your host ward bell and my day job is building applications for companies like yours I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, NGRx Redux on the front end, and .NET Microsoft technologies on the server. 
We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know, we can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, shoot us an email at info at ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show. So one of the things that people, I mean, so, so the, 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 the thing behind it, I mean, like why you did it seemed to be driven by the, by sort of technical considerations for how to interact with the signal component. At least that's the way it reads. But I, you know, I think there's something, you know, as, as let's suppose I didn't want to use signals. I think that there was something else that came out of that, which is a, is a, uh, sort of getting away from a proprietary language for um, doing control flow and doing something that would sort of look more JavaScripty, uh, something more easier, you know, without all a whole bunch of special concepts. It looked like it looks to me as I read it as a really good simplification. Hey, I've already given my judgment of the um, of the way in which you specify what you want done. Um, so. Uh, that was really appealing to me. Uh, um, and I thought, you know, it would be appealing to others. Now, is that, has that become a problem? Are people are really are fight, you know, for me, look, syntax is important because it affects how you write, you know, I mean, and we're supposed to write these things. So, uh, you know, something that, that uh, a syntax that requires you to do a lot of, typing and reading and crazy concepts and stuff like that's a bad syntax. Um, but if it, if you look at the thing and it's sort of, it, it seems to make sense as a whole and it seems consistent and involves relatively few concepts and I can write a lot, I can get a lot done with writing less. Boy, that sounds like a good thing to me. So people are pushing back on this. Uh no, I mean, I think it's more like we as a team have two potential syntactical directions. And like at the end of the day, one of the things that this RFC sparked a lot of was like, show me how, like, show me where you're headed. Like, give me the template of the future and give me the component of the future and tell me like, do I need to move to JSX? And like, the short answer is we don't have the answer. Like, we, we don't know everything that we're going to want to change, but we do have like incremental things we would like to change. And so I think the team just read all the feedback and is like, okay, let's pause. Let's think about this. You know, one of my feedback was like, one of the alternatives is to use an at decorator. Uh, but that already has syntactic meaning in the angular land. And so let's pause and think like, do we want to use that for this or do we want to hold it for something else? Which means if we want to hold it for something else, like let's pause and think like, what other things might we want to hold it for? In which case, let's list all the things that might change. In which case, right, like this is the first step on like incremental ideas of what does need to be revisited. And so we need to think about like the full scope of change. So you're saying you can't tell the future is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying we have not written the framework of the future. Like a, a common question we get is like, tell us where this is headed because clearly you know and you're keeping it a secret. <laughs> right. 
and we don't know. Um, and we have ideas and the team disagrees on it. Like the, you know, we don't have a consensus on exactly where we're headed or exactly how we're going to, we haven't done the UX studies on all the different like ways that you might be able to write a class. Um, and even within the team, right? Like people have different ideas about, you know, there's always a question in the NG uh, comp, like end Q&A about functional components. Like there's not an answer. Like maybe it'll be explored, but we can't promise that. And even so, like, I don't know if we would ever do that, but like never say never. You're right. Like, so as you way back in this discussion, you said like Angular exists in this really large community of all of these great thinkers and some are more outspoken and some are silently using Angular every day and there's millions of NPM downloads. And so like you have to think about all those people. The other thing to call it is like Angular has been around. Like Angular has been tested and gone through evolutions and you're starting to see other frameworks who are younger than us go through those same evolutions where they have like large changing APIs. And like we were the first to really experience that because we were the first large framework with traction. And so like you're seeing these sort of like natural cycles of community. And that means there's not like a clear blueprint of what's next on the web, right? Like the web is evolving very fast. Uh, the term developer experience didn't exist when Angular was invented. Like right. yeah. web core web vitals didn't exist to be a North Star. <laughs> like these, you know, so we don't know. <laughs> so in personal terms, and this is not, uh, anyone listening, this is not a... Uh, endorsement this is not a guarantee this is this is just emma's opinion i'm curious what would you love to see angular have that it doesn't have right now it's more i like i would like to get rid of something really <laughs> like okay. i um not in a bad way just i think like angular started out being really strongly opinionated about a lot of things and some we've gotten more strongly opinionated about and some we've gotten less. And I would like to have a single, like that goes back to the learning journey, right? I'm like a, I'm not a junior Angular developer, but I'm I'm not like the most senior tech lead. And so sometimes I go to build an Angular app and I just want an answer. And like animations, <laughs> like I want Angular to not own that because I want somebody in the community to build like a much better one, you know? <laughs> and so I, I think like if we as a framework <laughs> can be opinionated about what we're opinionated about, that leaves community space to know where there's opportunity. Um, like internationalization is one, right? There's a really great community package that like a lot of the community uses. We also have one that a lot of the community uses. And I think sometimes having multiple solutions is great, but sometimes having a singular opinionated answer is better. I'd be interested to hear your response to that too, Ward. Well, I mean, I have to, I have to admit animations is something that just didn't, I love the people who are involved in it, but it never, um, it never had the usability and the, the, the predictability or anything about it that would have made it accessible, usable by, by normal folks. Um, or even, um, people who are really good, but you know, I mean, it was just, it's just, so that was, I mean, that's like, I immediate, my reaction when you said that called that one, I was like, Oh yeah, that one hurt. <laughs> but uh, you know, your, in, your, your instinct there about like, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have so many choices for everything, at least we didn't have all those choices right out front. And 
that's what it's like javascript itself remember javascript the good parts uh where you know it's kind of like angular the good parts although i think there are a lot of good parts but they wouldn't be the ones i would necessarily reach for first um so something that says you can get you know almost everything you want to do with this smaller set and maybe for everyone's uh, sanity, you should try and stay in that set until you really have some reason to step out. Now, that's a real strong opinion, and maybe Angular isn't the one to register that opinion. Maybe somebody else needs to, uh, what that set is. But it would be great to have such a set. And I think, Emma, what you're what you guys are doing is finding these little, these pain points where there is no really great answer or maybe the great answer is outside of Angular itself. Um, and so getting it in shape so somebody could say, all right, now let's now let's push this stuff that we have to keep for legacy reasons to the side. You know, that makes some sense. Yeah, completely. I think we had like a team meetup where uh, Pavel, who works on uh, the core framework, and I invented like a, a box and we were, or a cliff. And we were like, we're just going to throw things off the cliff that we don't want to own anymore. Um, and we won't do that. And we are very backwards compatible <laughs> and we love legacy and uh, it is the most stable framework in the world um, for that reason. But, uh, but boy, do I like the idea of throwing things off a cliff. There's some, uh, there's some real no brainers like, like Angular has an HTTP module, but it doesn't need one. You know, I mean, there's Axios out there who work fine. Um, so you don't have to have that one, uh, where other ones are kind of yet other kinds of things you have to have in order for it to be what it is. So RxJS, the way RxJS was, was forced, it, uh, into places where it should be optional, but it isn't, that's probably one. Yeah. Fully Emma opinion here, but I, I actually think you're seeing, well, I've recently gone through the full API surface of Angular for undisclosed reasons and looked at everything that we tell people about. And I, I just, I like when we're opinionated about things we have an opinion on. And I wish we didn't have to have an opinion on things that we like don't want to. Yeah. And I think we're moving in that direction, right? Like that's developer experience. That's these North stars we're setting like we we hold the same value of stability, which is a word that people frequently use with Angular, but we're also working on velocity. And a lot of velocity means like being able to iterate and uh, like do things newer, faster, better, whatever that song is. But I think the other thing you're seeing is like, now that I've been at Google long enough, like scalability means a very different thing depending on who you're talking to. So at Google, like Angular is really scalable because an Angular app is small and then it scales to be Google Cloud. And that that's the size of scalability they're talking about. And I think we also have thought about and are really making sure that scalability also means like I'm a boot camp developer who just got funding for my super cool startup and I start an app and I scale it to 20 employees. Like scalability means something different for different contexts. You know, the other thing that's fascinating is that the Angular core team has turned over a lot. It's a, it looks different today than it did um, many years ago. I, I find that kind of, I find that kind of refreshing actually, uh, which is not a knock on the people who, who have moved on at, in, in the slightest. It's just that it, it feels like, you know, and, the, you know, 
I get out there and what does it mean that Igor left or somebody left? It's, and you know what it means? It means that he went off to do something else <laughs> and there's new people here and uh, and it's got kind of a fresh spirit and, a new, and you know, a new take. Uh, you know, that's the way I react to that kind of stuff. So I don't know. How's your feeling about all that? Yeah, I mean, the average tenure of an engineer at a job in like Silicon Valley or SF or whatever is three years actually less it's like a year and a half so like those people who were on the team stayed way past the like mean or median of like a software engineer at a job like a, we had such incredible tenure and we still do it's like it's funny i get the question too and like the uber tl jeremy elborn of angular has been on the team for like eight years or something like alex rickabaugh has also been on like they we still have people who have been working yep. on Angular for like over a decade. So it's not that we lost all of our tenure and we're all new and just running around. Like a, Angular still has more tenure than any other team I've ever seen at Google. Um, people just work on the framework from like start to finish and have had their entire careers here. Um, so we still have the depth of technical knowledge. We also just have people who like have fresh perspectives. Um, which is cool. Well, it's it's nice to give new people a seat at the table because you know they they bring different experiences, different life experience that informs how they solve problems. And um, you know, as long as everybody's not leaving at once, I think it's all a good thing. Yes, healthy rotation. Even I, I've surpassed how long I should be on the team. That's my <laughs> right? announcement. No, but I, I mean, three years is like a, at Google or a, at any job in SF is like all my friends have had like multiple jobs since then. So clearly I kind of like it, I guess. Well, I think that's great. But I, I, I rem- you know, at, at, so I used to work at GE where they would rotate their managers every six months. And the problem with that, you know, sort of like, we're going to grow them by giving them brand. And it's like, you know what? You weren't any, you weren't really in much use to us in your, in your first five of those six months. And now just about now that you might be useful, you're gone. But you sure came with a lot of opinions about what you thought. So you got a chance to gum up the works, but you didn't. You never got a chance to be good enough or to live through your own mistakes. And my God, living through with your own mistakes is such an important thing. So, uh, you know, two, three years, and I think you're just getting ripe. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But yeah, it is. It is interesting to see. I think we're starting to reach that period of time. Um, I think like there was sort of a wave around when I joined and then I witnessed another one and we kind of have one right now where like there's been some like uh, new managers taking over like larger parts of the team again. And like, it's nice to see like healthy evolution, new opportunity, but yeah. Well, one of the things we like to do here at the end of the show is give everybody a chance to, to walk away with a final thought and Ward, I know your thoughts are many, and deep and long. So what can you share with us today? I'm going to Japan in the in the next year and I'm starting to read all, you know, on, on a, it's a, for, for fun for, um, I don't know, I hope a month. And so because that culture, you know, I go to Europe a fair amount and, it, you know, it feels like home and Japan isn't going to feel like home. And that's such a great opportunity to use a culture, not just to say, ooh, let's get exotic, but rather 
because it is so different to use it as a kind of a mirror into my you know my own world and so i'm starting to read all kinds of things and and various uh you know not just like a guidebook but philosophical poetical and so forth and one uh, i just tripped over this phrase that i've been chewing on uh which is um it, and it it feels very much like my recollection of Japan. It, the, the phrase was uh, to learn something new, uh, follow the same path you took yesterday. To learn something new, follow the same path you took yesterday, which is it's about not trying to just cascade new experience after new experience on yourself, you know, changing the situations all the time. But rather, you know, the wonder of looking at the same, going through the same thing and saying, wow, I didn't see that before. And that shows up when I'm cooking. You know, I can't just cook a dish and say it's done. I have to do it like six or seven times and then I'm not sure. But it feels, it feels, that phrase feels right to me. And maybe, maybe there's an application to Angular here. You know, I keep looking at at it and coming back to it. And I, just when I think I know it, you know, I, uh, it, something fresh appears and that I wouldn't have gotten any other way be- except to have been there before. So anyway, that's my profound thought for the day. I don't know how anybody's supposed to follow that. So I will just uh, add on to what you said in that I, I think a lot about learning and, and reading and sometimes I'm like, do I really need a new book? Or should I just reread the stuff that I have? Should I try and go deeper in the things that I already have available to me? Um, because th- there is, especially in the, the fast pace of our world right now, like it's just so easy to go from one thing to the next that, um, what, what was the quote again? Say it again. To learn something new, follow the same path you took yesterday. I'm butchering it, but it's something like that. It's good. It's good. I like that. What about you, Emma? I mean, the only phrase that comes up for me with that is like, a, it's kind of the opposite, right? Like a, a fool is someone who does something twice and expects a different outcome, right? Like, isn't that, I mean, I'm also butchering that phrase, but um, yeah, I, I don't know what my thoughts are on the difference of those two, right? Like, do you do something again and learn something new or do you like try something a new way? There's probably something both, right? Like read the book again, but read it with a different perspective or read, like go on the same. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's def- definitely a, a wide spectrum of uh, experiences to be had for sure. Well, Emma, thank you so much for, for joining us today. This was a ton of fun. And as Angular goes to 17, 18, 19, and 45, we'll have to have you keep joining us uh, throughout the entire evolution. And we want to say thank you to you for joining us here every week and to our lovely sponsors, Ideablade, Ionic, Narwhal, and AG Grid. And we'll see you next week here on WebRush. <laughs> <laughs>